You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. This morning we're continuing this series that's been started in my absence, Living Out Your Destiny. And I have this challenge that I've been gone for three weeks, meaning I haven't preached in three weeks. So I have 120 minutes of content to give to you in 30 minutes of time. So if it seems a bit like a machine gun this morning, I apologize before I ever get started. But we have a lot to talk about. What I'm confident of is that God created you on purpose and for a purpose. In other words, let me say it a little different way. There's no accidents. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you're not an accident. Go ahead and tell them. Listen, your parents may have not have planned for you. In other words, you may have been a surprise baby, but listen, you were not a surprise to God. Matter of fact, the scripture says this, that God knew you before you were even formed in the womb. Not only did God know you, but the scripture declares that he has great plans for you. He's placed great destiny within you. In other words, God didn't create you just to fill time and space. It's really important that we understand that. He created you for more, and I'm confident of this this morning. He has great plans for your life. Matter of fact, this is revealed in numerous places throughout the Bible, but I want us to look to two verses of scripture really quick um, that kind of make that statement of God's great plans for your life. The first scripture is in Psalm chapter 40, verse 5. It's on the screen, so let's read this together. Would you read this with me? Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you have planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. So when this verse is on the screen, just reflect on that just for a moment. The God who lacks in no way, the God who spoke the world into existence, the God who knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb says this, I have plans for you that are so great, if someone were to tell them, you wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. They're too great. They're too great even to be declared. And then we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the Apostle Paul, directed by the Holy Spirit, penned these words. Let's read this verse. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. So here's the question this morning. Do you, do you love God? If you love God, then this verse is about you. No eye has seen. When you think about that. No ear has heard, no mind has even begun to comprehend, to conceive the greatness of the plan, the greatness of the destiny that God has for you. So not only is God good, but he has good plans, great plans for your life. And it's all connected to this concept of destiny. Ravi Zacharias made this statement. He says, there's no greater discovery than seeing God as the author of your destiny. And I believe this is true because when we truly believe God has a destiny for us and greater plans for our lives, and this is what happens, we begin to live with expectation. We begin to live life on purpose. Why? Because God has purpose. God has destiny. God has greater plans for our lives. So what is destiny? There's a lot of definitions floating around for destiny, but the purpose of this series and our conversation today, this is the definition that we're going to use for destiny. Destiny is God's unique and preferred plan for your life. So it's not just a plan, it's God's unique plan. See, just as you were created unique and that there's no other human being on the planet of this earth like you, so God's plans for you, so his destiny for you is, is unique. So destiny is what? It's, it's God's unique and preferred plan 
for your life. Now, in the first series of the uh, the first sermon of this series, Pastor Johnny, who did a phenomenal job, Pastor Johnny talked about how do you discover destiny. And if you if you miss that Sunday, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that sermon because this is where I find most people get stuck. It's not they don't get stuck on God has great plans for your life. I mean, we believe that we read it in God's word. We say, okay, I understand it. I believe God has great plans for my life. They don't get stuck there. They get stuck on how do I know? How can I discover? How can I walk out that destiny? So Pastor Johnny talked about four steps that can lead you in the process of discovery. And I'm not going to give you all four steps, but let me say this. Destiny is always connected to God. So I would encourage you, don't so much pursue destiny as you pursue God. And as you're pursuing God, he's going to get you to destiny. Amen? One of my life verses is this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what's he going to do? He's going to direct your path. In other words, he's going to get you where he wants. He's going to bring destiny out of your life. When? As you're seeking him. Trust in the Lord. So don't so much seek destiny. Seek the God who's placed destiny within you. And as you identify and begin to live out your destiny, this is what's going to happen. Three things are going to happen. When you're living out destiny, three things. The first is this. You're going to discover greater fulfillment in life. How many of you want greater fulfillment? I believe greater fulfillment is found as you're living life on purpose. Second thing that's going to happen is you're going to experience greater fruitfulness. How many of you want greater fruitfulness? It'll happen in your life. When? As you're living out destiny. As you're living out the very plans that God has. The third thing that's going to happen as you're living out destiny is you're going to have more fun in life. I can guarantee it. Where do we find fun? I believe fun is found at the intersection of I'm pursuing God and I'm living out the destiny he has for me. Someone asked me before I went on sabbatical, said, I bet you're so excited you can't wait to get on sabbatical. I said, not really. I really love my work. And, and, and I know I'm, I'm a bit of a workaholic. I have that tendency. But I really do love what I'm doing. Why? Because I'm living out my destiny. Fun is found where? It's found in that intersection of our tenacious pursuit of God in living out that of his destiny for our lives. It's the funnest place you'll be in life. Now those three things will happen as you're discovering and as you're living out destiny. However, what I've also come to discover, and that's kind of the, this is kind of the focus of the series, along the way there's things that can sidetrack us from destiny. There's obstacles that can happen in life that keeps us from arriving at destiny. And so what we're doing in this series is we're looking at different individuals in Scripture who had destiny, But yet they had to face some things, and oftentimes in a couple of the illustrations we're going to look at, they never lived out their destiny, the fullness of their destiny, because they didn't move beyond the pitfall. There's pitfalls in life that can either distract you from destiny or wreck your destiny. That's what we're talking about. God has great plans, but what are the things that can keep us from from the great plans. Last week, Brandon talked about discouragement. If you were not here, I would encourage you to check out the sermon. He used the illustration, even of his own life, of how there was discouragements along the way, and oftentimes it happens the way, doesn't it? As life plays out, how many of you know discouragement is a reality? Come on, two of us believe that. But it's true. It happens in life. In life, stuff's going to pop up. 
At times you're going to fail, overwhelm, people are going to disappoint you, and you're going to get discouraged. And if you're not careful, this is what I know, discouragement can cause you to bail on destiny. And that you just quit. I'm so discouraged. I'm just not going to get out of bed. I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to go on. So what happens? You miss destiny. And so as Brandon said so well last week, what do we have to do? We have to press into God and we have to press on in life. And you know, sometimes you just got to say to yourself, self, you got to get up and get going, right? You got to keep moving. You got to move beyond the discouragement. Listen, it's going to happen in life. He talked about the Apostle Paul. It happened to the Apostle Paul. It'll happen to you. What do you have to do? Press into God and press on in life so the discouragement doesn't cause you to miss destiny. The second obstacle or pitfall to destiny and its detours. Distractions and now detours. Time delays. How many of you like time delays? Nobody likes time delays, right? I hate time delays. Oftentimes detours, they so, they so challenge me, they so frustrate me. And one of the things I've come to discover is that detours can be a part of the process of you coming to destiny. However, however, if we're not careful, we can bail on destiny because we get stuck in a detour. And here's the challenge. We want destiny to happen overnight. How many of you know destiny seldom happens overnight? Like there's no such thing as like instant destiny. Oh, it's, it's usually always a process. And oftentimes in that process, there's, there's detours. And if we're not careful, the detours can cause us to lose sight of destiny, can cause us to bail on, on destiny. We're going to look to Joseph's story this morning. Um, but before we get to Joseph's story, let me tell you just my own story really quick. Some of you have heard parts of this. But I, I happen to believe that my destiny is to be the lead pastor at Grace Covenant Church. I happen to believe that this is where God's called me and placed me in this season. I've had numerous opportunities to leave, and I've chosen not to leave because I believe I'm living out my destiny. I believe this is my God assignment. But I didn't just arrive at destiny overnight. Matter of fact, it's been quite a process. At age 13, at age 13, I knew that God placed his hand on my life, that God called me to pastoral ministry. I can tell you exactly where it happened. It's, it's so vivid in my mind, even today. Thirteen, When I was 13 years old, my father was preaching a revival at a little rock church in a place called No-Go, Arkansas. You can't get there from here, I assure you. No-Go, Arkansas. And I can remember down on the right hand side, on the right hand of the building, a little altar where I was at. God so clearly spoke to me at age 13 about pastoral ministry. And so I embraced that. However, watching my dad in pastoral ministry and seeing kind of how this thing played out, I said, God, I don't want to do that. Too hard. I'm going to be a farmer. So at 17, I bought my first house, 10 10 acres. I was on my way to be a farmer. Then I realized you can't make a living farming. So at 19, I went to a vocational school to become um, an air conditioning technician, HVAC. Worked in the field for about three years before I finally got my life back on track. My wife and I headed off to Bible college. We were in Bible college for four years. Um, A bit of a detour, I thought, yet a part of God's process. 
to land here in 1990 as an associate pastor, served here for about two years, and then God had another planned detour in my life called the Wilderness of West Texas. And my wife and I were there for two and a half years, um, and I thought it was, um, I thought, it, I really thought it was a detour. I really questioned God, what are you up to? How, how many of you know that when you look back on life, things get a whole lot clearer? You know what I'm talking about? Looking back on my life, I now see that West Texas was really a part of God's plan in bringing me to destiny. It was his plan in the process. It was, a, it was a detour in the process of me coming to destiny. And then in 1995, August of 1995, uh, my wife and I received a call to come back to the promised land, being North Carolina. <laughs> and we jumped on it, and now we've been in this role for, I don't know, 20 plus years. Um, so from the time that God's really spoke to me. And again, it was a defining moment in my life. I was 13 till I was 29. There was 16 years of detours and time delays in the process of me coming to begin to experience, I believe, the very destiny God had for me. And through it all, I might say, I was not always faithful, but God was always faithful. And through the process, God was always at work, although at times I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't identify it. But it was a detour that was a part of the process of coming to destiny. And we see the same thing in Joseph's life. Genesis 37. I'm going to just summarize this story. So I would encourage you sometime this week, read the whole story. From Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. It's a great story about destiny. A great story about a man of God who came to actually be the savior for a nation. That was the role that Joseph played out. But as we, as we look to the, his story this morning, beginning in chapter 37, we find Joseph as the favored son of Jacob. He was his, he was his father's pet. And Joseph had ten older brothers, one younger being Benjamin, ten older. And as we pick up the story here in Genesis 37, Joseph is 17 years old. And it, at the age of 17... God begins to reveal destiny, his great plans for Joseph. And he does it, in this situation, he does it by, by dreams. Joseph has a couple of dreams. And he's um, bold enough, maybe not so wisely, but he's bold enough to share his dreams with his brothers. And here's the problem, his brothers already didn't like him. Because he was the father's favorite, Right? So Joseph has this first dream, he's 17, he has a dream, and he shares the dream with his brothers, and here's the, the summation of the dream. He says, hey, we were all out in the field. Imagine, kind of get the picture, he's telling this to his brothers. Who, who did, I, did I mention this? They didn't like him. We were all out in the field, and we were working the harvest. We were binding up wheat in the sheaves, and all of a sudden, my sheaf, my bundle of wheat stood up, and all of your sheaves, all of your bundles came, and they bowed down to mine. How do you think that went over? <laughs> not, not good. And then Joseph had a second dream. In the second dream, again, unwisely, he told his brothers, who already didn't like him, and the second dream was basically this. He said, hey... Um, I was kind of in the center, and, and then there's this um, sun and the moon, and, and these stars, these 11 stars came in, and they, and they bowed down to me. So again, I mean, the meaning of this is 
I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. What Joseph is telling his brothers is, one of these days, I'm going to be over all of you, and you're going to bow to me. Again, not real popular. If you jump forward in Joseph's story, it's now some years later. Joseph's navigated a number of detours, and now he's looking back on his life. He's reflecting back on his life, and he makes this statement. It's there in your notes this morning. Genesis 45, he says, God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. So Joseph's destiny was to save his family from the destruction of the famine Seven years of famine, so that God's promise to Abraham could be fulfilled. But his journey was not easy. That's what we're going to see this morning. They were detours along the way. It was filled with these unexpected detours and pitfalls. And from the time that God revealed destiny to Joseph, he was 17, to the time that he actually began to experience that destiny was a 13-year time delay. And again, some pretty painful experiences happened to Joseph in, that, in those 13 years. In other words, he didn't just show up at this place of destiny. So let's look at three unexpected detours that Joseph took. They're there in your notes, and I'm just going to quickly summarize these as I, as I try to tell the story, Joseph's story. First, Joseph went from preferred son to perilous pit. Because Joseph was born... Late in his father's life, he was not the youngest, he was the next to the youngest. He was the favored son. He had preferential treatment. Matter of fact, the scripture says that Jacob made this ornamented robe, or this robe of many colors, for his son Joseph. So can you imagine Joseph wearing this robe around, and his brothers are seeing it, they kind of have the the old plain robe, and Joseph has the highly ornamented robe, Again, stirred some hatred. There was some animosity that was was growing. And as a result of the hatred, as you read Joseph's story, there came a time when his older brothers seized the opportunity. It was an opportunity they had as Joseph was sent out into the fields to check on them, to kind of take them some food, to check on them, to bring a report back to his dad. His older brothers saw this opportunity and they said, hey, this is our opportunity to get rid of this rascal. Let's take him out. Let's, let's kill him. And so they seized Joseph, and they were going to kill him, but, his, but the oldest brother, Reuben, actually stepped in and said, hey, let, let's, not, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in the pit. There was this sister in this dry well, so they threw Joseph in the pit. And Reuben's plan was to come back and get Joseph out of the pit to save his life. But before he could do that, as the story plays out, there's a, some Ishmaelites coming along on their way to Egypt, And they said, hey, why should we kill Joseph and his blood be on our hands? Why not just sell him into slavery and make a little money on him? So they did. They sold their brother, their own flesh and blood, into slavery for 20 shekels of silver. And you imagine Joseph feeling the sting of betrayal. So he goes from, here's the first detour, he goes from the preferred son to the perilous pit. However, God was with him in the pit. God was still at work in the pit. The, the, the detour of the pit was a part of the process of Joseph getting to his destiny. 
It doesn't get any better for Joseph. It actually gets worse. He goes from, here's the second detour. He goes from the pit to Potiphar's house. In Genesis 39, verse 1, the scripture says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Now, if, you have, if you're Joseph, you have to be wondering, God, what about the dreams? What about the destiny? What about what, about what you said? It doesn't seem to be happening. I mean, I've been betrayed by my brothers. I was in the pit. Now I'm out of the pit. I'm on the slave block and I'm being auctioned off. And now I find myself in Potiphar's house serving as a slave far from my family, far as it would appear, far from my destiny. Another detour. However, get this, the detour was a part of the process. As Joseph is in Potiphar's house serving as a slave, he's promoted while God's with him. I mean, that's the recurring phrase in Joseph's story is, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. Well, the Lord was with Joseph as he was a slave in Potiphar's house. Joseph is promoted. He actually becomes like the, the head of all of the servants in Potiphar's house. So even in a bad situation, things are getting better until, until the boss's wife begins to take notice of Joseph. Like he is like one handsome Israelite stud. And she has eyes for Joseph and she begins to invite Joseph into the bedroom. She begins to invite him into a sexual relationship. And Joseph keeps saying, no, 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 not interested until one day, Joseph is in, the, in Potiphar's house, his boss's house alone. No one's there but the boss's wife. And the scripture tells us that she grabs Joseph's cloak as to pull him into the bedroom. And Joseph does something really smart, man, really smart. He leaves his cloak and he, he runs. He didn't wait around to entertain the possibility. He didn't wait around to ask questions, to make statements. He just took off running. Which is the right thing to do. Would you agree with that? However, as Joseph's doing the right thing, he's falsely accused. In other words, the boss's wife lies about Joseph. She makes up this whole story. I mean, she can't stand the fact that she's been rejected, right? She's been rejected by this Israelite slave. So she makes up this whole story as to how Joseph tried to rape her. And the boss believes her story, his wife's story, rather than Joseph's story. And Joseph comes to his third detour. He goes from Potiphar's house to prison. Just when you think it couldn't get worse, it did. Genesis 39, verse 19 and 20 says, When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. So now here's Joseph, rejected by his brothers, sold into slavery. While faithfully serving, he was falsely accused. Now he's in prison. What about destiny? God, what about the dreams? What about you? God, what about what you said was going to happen? It doesn't seem to be happening. God, where are you at? Well, in this... In this third detour, we again find the phrase, Genesis 39, 21. And the Lord was with Joseph. 
even as he's in prison, he's promoted in prison to like he's over all of the prisoners in prison. As he's in training to live out his destiny, as he's in process. Well, there came a day where there were two prisoners who, who had dreams and they, they were frustrated because they didn't know what the dreams meant. It was the king's baker and the king's cupbearer who had been thrown in prison. Now, Joseph, by, by God's ability, interpreted the dreams. And the, the, the cupbearer was restored to his position. The baker was killed, just as Joseph said would happen as he interpreted the dreams. And Joseph said to the cupbearer, he says, hey, when you get back into the king's presence, don't forget to tell him about me. But guess what? Joseph was forgotten. Two more years. Two more years he's in prison. And then Pharaoh, the king of all the land of Egypt, has a dream, and no one can interpret the dream. And the dream is about seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. But no one can interpret the dream. And it's then that the cupbearer remembers, oh, there's this guy, I think his name's Joseph. He interpreted a dream for me in prison. Maybe he can interpret your dream, O king. So Joseph is taken from the prison to the palace. And it's there that he interprets Pharaoh's dream. He says, hey, there's going to be seven years of plenty. That's going to be followed by seven years of famine. He says, oh, King Pharaoh, if you were wise, you would probably get someone that would get a plan so that the nation of Egypt could be saved. And Pharaoh says, I don't know who else to choose but you. Like, if you, you know the dream, then why don't you come and be my administrator? Interesting. In one day's time, Joseph goes from the prison to second command of all of Egypt. Don't tell me God can't work miracles. Don't tell me God can't turn a situation around. But there were these detours. So now Joseph finally comes to this. What the dreams, what God had revealed in the dreams is now happening But get this, there were 13 years of delay in the process. There was some pain, there was some injustice, there was some hardship along the way, and God was in the middle of all of it, working for Joseph's good, bringing him to the very destiny that he had for him. It was all a part of the plan, all a part of the preparation So from Joseph's story, let me quickly share with you three potential pitfalls. Pitfalls to destiny that I think you need to be aware of, need to guard your life from, that can rob you of destiny. If these things go unaddressed, they can rob you of destiny. Again, it's all right here in the story. The first is family dysfunction. Anyone here this morning have any family dysfunction in your family? That's what I thought. Yeah, we do. And for some of you, it's you. (laughs) But we see this play out. You know I'm just kidding, right? Uh, We see this play out in Joseph's story. I mean, we we have Jacob, the father, who's playing favorites. I mean, Jacob really created the dysfunction in the family. I mean, everyone else has plain robes, no color. And here's Joseph. You know, he has the the multicolored robe. He's the chosen son. He gets first in everything. What did that create? It created some animosity. It created some hatred. It created some, some dysfunction that led to Joseph being rejected and sold into slavery by his own brothers. You know, if Joseph would have internalized the injury from the dysfunction, it could have wrecked his destiny. 
Rather than holding on to the grudge or seeking revenge, Joseph chose to rise above the family dysfunction, and he actually became the rescuer of his people. If you read the story, he, became, he, he, he was the one who provided the way for Jacob and his family so that the seed of Abraham might be preserved to bring about the redemption of mankind, the birth of Jesus Christ. Joseph was a part of that story. Why? Because he rose above family dysfunction. So here's my question for you this morning. What family dysfunction might there be in your family that you need to rise above? That can limit your destiny? That can wreck your destiny? You, you, you say, I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to hang on to the anger. I'm going to hang on to the bitterness. Maybe there's a point of injustice a point of injury, something that was done, something that someone else did to you. It's all a part of the family dysfunction and you refuse to let it go. Listen, if you live there, hear me, friend, it can wreck your destiny. So again, here's the question. What family dysfunction is there in your family that you might need to rise above? Here's a a second pitfall to destiny that we need to be aware of. We need to avoid it's sexual temptation. Sinful desire can weaken resolve and wreck destiny. Now, as Joseph was a slave in Potiphar's house, he found himself in a precarious situation, and the boss's wife had the hots for Joseph. I mean, day in and day out, she's parading before him in her lingerie trying to entice Joseph into a sexual relationship. Now, day after day, I mean, the way the scripture reads, it wasn't just once that she extended invitation to Joseph. It was numerous times. Day after day, Joseph is dealing with sexual temptation. And this is what I know about Joseph. Joseph was a human being like every human being in the room today. And for the men here, Joseph was a man just as you are a man. Meaning what? Meaning he had sexual desires like any, any other male. And so here's Joseph being confronted with sexual temptation day in and day out. Yet again and again and again he said no. And finally at a day of crisis when she had him by the cloak, literally trying to pull him to the bed, he leaves his coat behind and he flees from the temptation. Listen, this is what I know. In the process of life, not once, not twice, but multiple times for everyone in the room, male or female, you're going to have to deal with sexual temptation. The enemy is going to come knocking on your door because this is what the enemy knows. He knows that the way God created us, we all have sexual desires. Nothing wrong with sexual desire, but when the sexual desire is out of bounds and out of control, listen, it will cost you. It can wreck your destiny. Sexual temptation. When not confronted, when not turned away from, listen, it will limit God's destiny, his planning. I could tell you story after story. I could give you name after name. Even in my own vocation, even in the pastoral image, I could tell you pastor after pastor, and you probably know individual after individual who gave in to a point of sexual temptation, and it cost them valuable relationships. It cost them possibly their job, possibly their career, possibly their destiny. 
Just as Joseph had to deal with sexual temptation, that was a pitfall. He rose above it, but so you're going to have to deal with that. And when the temptation comes, what do we want to do? We want to do the same thing Joseph did. We want to run. Don't wait around. Don't think about it. Don't entertain it. Don't have a conversation about it. What do you need to do? You need to tuck tail and run. Don't allow a moment of compromise. Hear me. Because some of you, listen, some of you right now, you're in a precarious situation. And you know who you are. You're in a precarious situation and you've been entertaining conversations and thoughts. And let me tell you, friend, a moment of passion, out of control, misdirected, can wreck your destiny. Don't do it. Don't do it. Run. Here's a third pitfall that we find in Joseph's process to his destiny. It's abusive power. And false accusation can create doubt and rob destiny of hope. Now, in Joseph's story, there was certainly a power play that was happening. Would you agree with that? I mean, it was the boss's wife. She was the one with authority. She was the one with position. She was the one with title. After all, she is the boss's wife. And we have the boss's wife trying to use her position and her power to manipulate a situation to take advantage of Joseph. Yet we see Joseph not allowing this, this play of abusive power to rob him of destiny. When he chose to be a man of character and integrity, doing that which was right, rather than caving into the abusive power, rather than being controlled by it, and in that, he embraced his destiny. And I would encourage you to do the same. You, maybe you find yourself today in a, in a community or, or in a workplace or in a company where there's, a, where there's abusive power being played out. And maybe it's robbed your destiny of hope. You, and maybe you think, well, I can never get the destiny because of so-and-so, because of this decision or that decision. Listen, be faithful where you're at. That's what Joseph did. He was a man of character, faithful where he was at, and God worked in his life on his behalf to bring him to destiny. Listen, he'll do the same for you. The scripture says this, the blessings of God chase after the righteous. Think about that. The blessing, the goodness of God chases after who? The righteous. When you do that which is right, even in the midst of abuse of power, it's what we see in Joseph's story, even in the midst of the abuse of power, when you do that which is right, God will honor it somehow, some way, he's going to get you to destiny. So don't allow that individual, that abusive power, to rob your destiny of hope. See, what God did for Joseph, he'll do for you. So what did Joseph, and one day he went from the prison to the palace, and it was there that he lived out his destiny. It was there that he actually became the rescuer, not only of his own people, of Jacob, his father, of his siblings, of all of his family, but for the whole nation of Egypt, as he lived, as he lived out his destiny, through the detours. So I want to leave you this morning really quick, the couple minutes I have left. I want to leave you with three destiny lessons from the life of Joseph. 
The first is this. I already mentioned it, but let me say it again. Be consistent in character, regardless of the circumstance. Listen, don't compromise truth. Don't, tr- don't compromise your convictions. Hold true. Hold true to your character. On your road to fulfilling your destiny like Joseph, you may have to process through some injustice, some hardships, some challenges, some detours. You may find yourself in some uncomfortable places. I think the prison was an uncomfortable place. I think being a slave in Potiphar's house was an uncomfortable place. Yet in the midst of it all, Joseph didn't compromise character. So be a man of character. Be a woman of character. Because again, this is what I believe. I believe God works on behalf of those who set their hearts to honor him. We see it throughout the word. Again, the goodness of God chases after the righteous. So be consistent in character. Here's the second thing. Acknowledge your limitations and submit to God's power. You're like Joseph. You have limitations. I have limitations. And there's a whole lot in life that we cannot control. But as you submit to God's power, you'll be amazed at how he works both in and through your life. Here's a third lesson. Never underestimate the power of forgiveness. You know, Joseph had every right to be angry at his brothers because there came a time when Joseph's brother stood before him. Now, he's an authority. He has the title. He has the position. He could have made them pay. He could have said, hey, you sold me into slavery. I'm going to put you in prison the rest of your life. I mean, he could have done that. He had the title. He had the position. But Joseph didn't. He chose to forgive. He chose to move beyond. He chose to let it go. And through forgiveness, he was able to live out his destiny. To bring rescue for his own people. Interesting. In the closing verses of Joseph's story, this is what Joseph told his brothers. So again, looking back, Jacob now has died. The dad's died. His brothers are concerned. What's Joseph going to do to us since dad's not here? Listen to what Joseph said to his brothers, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. You intended to bring injury, but God was in it, working through all of it to bring good. To accomplish what's now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph was able to rise above the betrayal, above the injury. Because see, when, when you forgive others, not only is it freeing them, but it's freeing you to live out the destiny that God has for you. So don't hold on to, and in that, hold on to that injury, that hurt, that wrong. And, and in, in that, allow it to limit destiny. Now, Ephesians 4.26 says when you do that, you're actually giving the devil a foothold into your life. Who wants to do that? So we choose to let it go. So never underestimate the power of forgiveness. And what we learn from Joseph's story is that we can trust God to help us navigate through the detours and the pitfalls as we pursue our destiny. Just as there may be a few time delays, as there may be a few detours along the way, what we can be confident of is we set our hearts to seek God. God's going to bring His destiny to fruition in our lives. 
So don't bail on God in the details. Don't bail on God in the time delays. Maybe you're in a time delay, the time delay today. You thought, well, I thought it would have happened before now. So don't give up. Don't give up on the plan. Don't give up on the destiny. What do you do? You continue to pursue God. Hear me. You can never go wrong pursuing God. I may not always have the right answer to every question. But what I know is always right is pursue God. Chase after Him. You can't go wrong with that. And as you find yourself in pursuit of God, focused on Him, He'll bring destiny to fruition in your life. Amen? Lord, we thank You today that not only are You great, but that You have great plans for our lives. God, what I believe is You've placed greatness within every individual here according to what's revealed in Your Word. Lord, however, like Joseph, oftentimes there's some detours. Oftentimes there's some pitfalls. Oftentimes, Lord, there's some stuff And it can get us off track. It can cause us to bail on the destiny. And Lord, my prayer today for every individual here is first that they would be encouraged to know, God, that they're not an accident. They're not a mistake. God, you're in them and for them. You have great plans for them. Secondly, God, I pray that for every individual, Lord, they would pursue you in the process because oftentimes there is a process I know in my own life God it was 16 years for Joseph it was it was 13 years for some here today maybe they're, they're in that process and they're wondering will it ever happen what about the dream what about what God said what about what I thought he had before me God I pray that they would not be discouraged in the detours this morning that they would continue to tenaciously pursue you. And God, what I believe again in our pursuit of you, you bring us to that destiny. Well, every head's bowed and eye closed. Possibly you're here today and you would just say, hey, I think I'm a bit like Joseph this morning. I can identify with him. I feel like I'm stuck in a detour. Maybe the detour feels a bit like a prison, or maybe the detour feels a little bit like rejection and betrayal by your family. And you're wondering, where's God at and what's He up to? Is there anyone this way? Just say, hey, that's, that's me. That's where I'm at in this season. Listen, it's okay. Joseph was there. I've been there. Maybe you're there today. I, I would just want to pray for you before we conclude. Is there anyone to say, hey, I, I feel like I'm in a detour. In process. It's not always fun. It's a little bit painful. Lord, I see hands in the balcony on the main floor. God, you know where every individual's at. And God, I believe that even as you were with Joseph, so you are with them working for their good. Lord, I pray that in this detour that today they would simply be encouraged to pursue you. Even if they don't have all the answers. Even if it doesn't look real clear, even if the way seems uh, like a mountain to climb, God, I pray that today they would set their hearts to tenaciously pursue you. And Lord, I believe that as we pursue you, you get us to where you want us and you accomplish your plans through our lives. And in that, we find greater fulfillment, greater fruitfulness, and greater fun. Lord, may it be true for you. 
for each individual who had their hand raised this morning. May they be encouraged today as they're in process. God, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.